Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path with me, your host, Cherokee. Welcome back to the second part of my aging podcast. My birthday is well over now, but I am now freshly 39 and I want to keep talking about aging. But before we get into aging, I have a confessional. Yay. I'm so excited that you guys are actually sending me confessionals for Cherry's confessional. So this is from Tam in Sydney, Australia. Tam says, hey, Cherokee, I just want to start off by saying how much I enjoy listening to your podcast. Thank you. Your voice is so lovely. Even my three-year-old sometimes falls asleep in the car while I have you playing. Side note, I can't listen to you while he's in the car anymore as he repeats everything and I'm afraid he'll start saying, don't be an asshole to people. Well, let me just say, side note, it would be real cute for a three-year-old to say that, but I totally understand. Anyway, the confession I have for you is actually not mine, so I'm not sure if that counts, but I thought I'd share it with you anyway. I was listening to my local radio station the other day, and they had a segment where people would call up and share their double lives. Yes, this is exactly what I'm asking for, people. Well, this one guy called up and said he's known in his community, does charity work, is married, etc., etc., and his secret is that he's sleeping with nine other women in his neighborhood. He said they're wealthy women whose husbands travel interstate for work a lot or do long hours, so they don't spend much time at home. Get this, though. So this guy tells his wife that he's walking the dog, heads out, and the way he knows they're available is they leave a bowl of water outside for the dog. If there's no water, that means their husband is home. So the radio host asks if he has a favorite. If, say, there's a few bowls of water out, what does he do? And he says he'll choose his favorite out of those and go to that one. He's like, my dog is exhausted because he's taking it out for walks three times a day. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. First of all, that poor wife. But also, like, how do you not know? Like, she's not going to smell the sex on her husband. Or is he, like, showering? Then she's not going to smell he's freshly showered. Nine other women, like bless that man for his stamina sometimes i don't understand people but you know what people i don't understand make for good confessions so thank you tam she said she wasn't sure if i would include this in my confessionals but i think that's a good juicy confessional and i liked her commentary on it so thanks for that entertainment tam i almost called you sam tam from sydney not sam from tidney so I guess that's appropriate to segue into my topic today, which is all about aging gracefully. I can't even talk gracefully, let alone age gracefully. Last week, we talked about aging just in terms of like how it feels and how it feels in your brain, how it feels in your body. But this week, we're talking about the sort of cosmetic, the the physical side aspect or the, I guess, the more superficial aspect of aging and aging gracefully naturally versus you know getting a little help as we age i think the first thing to sort of note i, I you know i only have what is it two percent of men that listen to this podcast so i'm sorry to, to my one man that you left me a review on my podcast you're probably listening while you're like putting a transmission in or something but i think the unfairness of men aging versus women aging is just mind-blowing men aging is dignified and glorified like a man aging and i'm guilty of it too i love the wrinkles the gray hair i love seeing them on james i love watching him age i think it's sexy i don't love watching myself age but you know 
on the side note of that, he doesn't really love watching himself age either. And even though society tells him it's okay, he still has that pressure of like, ooh, I don't love this wrinkle or this droopy part of my face or whatever. So I think it's fair to note that even though media glorifies men aging, men still a lot of the time aren't super stoked on aging either. That being said, with it being glorified for men aging and they still feel kind of shitty about it, imagine how us women feel when all the media does is tell us that we can't be old. Even in Hollywood, you see it on TV shows and movies. It's always older men with young wives. Always. You'll never see a movie or a TV show with a man that is dating or married to a woman that is older than him. Unless it's like the Stifler's mom situation where it's a cougar and she's like a hot old broad and it's like a a notch in the belt kind of thing. You'll never see like a happily married couple that they're either the same age or the woman is older and also too young women play old women i can't remember what movie it was but there's some movie where it's a mom and a daughter and the mom in real life was only like two years older than who was playing her daughter because we want characters that are quote-unquote old or older but we don't actually want them to be old or look old it's absolutely insane to me it's just something that's that's shitty and unfair in our society and i don't think it's american society per se specifically i do think a lot of westernized cultures are the same around aging i know in a lot of asian cultures aging is seen as something to revere and they really hold up elderly they respect elderly so aging is something that like i mean i don't know i'm not asian so i can't say that it's something you look forward to but it's definitely not like okay it's time to go curl up and die because you have a wrinkle on your face like westernized cultures so because of that i think there is a lot of pressure to look younger than we are and to look young forever the thing is is that we can't fight age genetically you're going to age you're going to get old you're going to die it's the circle of life it's the way it's going to be you know yeah there's the jane fonda's that she's like probably pushing 90 and she looks amazing she's also a bazillionaire and she's had a ton of plastic surgery and then you know there's the gwen stefani same thing she's in her early 50s she has a ton of money she's had a ton of work done so that's those are the examples we have in media of what you're supposed to look like as you age then, you know, I was just reading this article. Kate Winslet just did a movie. It was a movie or a show. And she told them not to edit her body. She had a sex scene where she, you know, her like tummy chub was in there and you could see her roles. And she was like, yeah, that's my body. Keep it in there. So I think it is, you know, it's great that there are some actresses and some models and whatever that are trying to just be who they are. But I still think media tells us we can't do that. And I think that's a lot of what puts pressure on us wanting to look young forever. And whether it's pressure or whether we just want it, I'm not here to judge it. I'm just here to sort of commentate on it. But I do think that there is a lot of judgment in not aging, quote unquote, gracefully and having help. And I think a lot of that judgment comes from younger people. And I know it because I remember in my early twenties when I had a baby face, I was like, I'm never going to get any filler. I'm going to age gracefully. I'm going to embrace it. And then (laughs) as I aged, I was like, Ooh, wait, like this isn't fun. So let me get some help. I think it's really easy to say you're going to age gracefully when you haven't really started aging yet. But in this term age gracefully, I just kind of started thinking about it. And I was like, what does that actually mean? So I 
looked up the definition of gracefully. The definition of gracefully is in an attractively elegant way or in a respectful and dignified way. So technically, if somebody says that they want to age gracefully, they're basically saying that the way to age respectfully and dignified is to not have any help. Which is basically saying that if you do have help, you are undignified and disrespectful. So I think that's actually kind of a really rude, shitty thing to say to people (laughs) is that you want to age gracefully versus the alternative. You know, I don't think people mean it that way, but I think if you're looking at the sort of the technical definition, technical aspect of it, it's kind of a mean, shitty thing to say to people. I myself started getting Dysport, which is like Botox. So Dysport is not quite as strong as Botox. Botox really makes your face frozen. If you guys don't know what Botox or Dysport are, they're basically like paralyzers for your muscles. So you get it injected and then it makes that muscle not able to move. And since the muscle can't move, the wrinkles can't form. Botox like really paralyzes the muscles. So when you get it for most people, your face does not move at all. If you ever watch The Real Housewives and you see them try to cry and their face looks crazy because they can't like scrunch it up, they've probably had Botox. I get Dysport because they the units are smaller so you can get less of it. And you can get it more concentrated and it doesn't completely freeze your face. So if anybody's ever seen me in videos or whatever, my face still moves. I have a hard time frowning. That's the one thing like in my 11s in between my eyebrows that really doesn't move. But everything else moves and I like that. I want my face to move. I don't want to be an awkward crier. I want to cry. I want a good, ugly, scrunchy cry. But yeah, so I've got Dysport. I think the first time I got it was 33. Might have been 32, 34. I can't remember exactly. I was terrified. I went in with my friend Cora. We both got it together and it was like the easiest, greatest, most life-changing thing I've ever done. They say you're supposed to get Botox or Dysport every three to four months to maintain. I get mine twice a year. So I get mine every six months, sometimes every seven months, because like I said, I don't want to be super frozen and I don't think I need it more than that. And I think if you get it back to back to back, you're going from like frozen to frozen to frozen. For me, I like to let it wear off. And then when I start to feel those lines start to settle again, then I'm like, okay, it's time to go back. So that's just my personal choice that I get it. Um, it makes me feel confident. It makes my skin look, my forehead look a little smoother. I get it in my forehead and then in my 11s. The, the reason I started getting it actually was not because I was concerned about aging. I was getting, so by 11s, I mean those frown lines in between your eyebrows that look like the number 11, that they go straight up and down. I was getting those really deeply and I looked mad all the time and I would be out on tour doing a signing and people would be like, Oh, what's wrong? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like I'm, perfectly happy. I don't know what you're talking about. And then I realized I did look mad. And in my line of business, I can't be looking mad. I need to look happy and approachable. And so I was like, what can I do about this so that I don't look so angry all the time? So that was why originally I got Dysport was to chill that out a little bit. And then, you know, as I've approached 40, my wrinkles have gotten a little deeper and Botox just, or Dysport just helps. I call it Botox as like a general term because people don't know what Dysport is, but um, yeah, Dysport just, it's like mama's little helper and I love it. So I think maybe a couple of years after that, I got filler for the first time and filler is so Dysport or Botox paralyzes the muscles so they don't move. Filler actually fills in where 
there is already a deep wrinkle or you're getting hollowness. So people that get hollowness under their eyes or if you have like a deep set wrinkle around your mouth, that's what filler is for. Or, you know, people that get their lips filled. So I also had a really deep set smile line, which is fine. Like I was talking about last week, like if you smile a lot, you get those lines. It means you're happy. The problem with mine was that I only had it on one side and it started in like when I was like 20. Every photo shoot I ever did, I like in between every take, I would have to rub the makeup out of that smile line. And it was only on one side of my face. So it looked really odd. It didn't look like it was a smile line. It just... it. it, almost looked like a scar. It was really strange. So the first time I did filler, I just wanted to fill that one line in so that my face looked balanced, but he had extra, it was a full syringe. They didn't do half syringes at my doctor's office. So he asked where I wanted the rest of the filler. Cause once the, you know, the syringe is open, you either waste it or use it. So I was like, well, put it in my lips. Let's see what, what we got here. But I have really small lips. So I was like, I don't want to look like a blow up doll. I don't want to look like a Kardashian. He's like, no, this is half a syringe. You're not even going to be able to tell. So he filled the smile line. It changed my fucking life. Let me tell you, I only had that smile line filled once, once. I think it was like six years ago and it never came back. My face is fine now. You know, some people need filler more frequently. For me, I only needed it once. It changed my confidence. It made me just focus less on it. My makeup doesn't settle there anymore. And then, you know, I liked the way my lips looked a little fuller, but mostly the thing about the lips that I like is that as you age, you lose fullness in your lips and you start to get wrinkles around your lips. So it becomes harder to apply lipstick and lip gloss and it bleeds. And so when I got filler, I noticed that it sort of filled out those wrinkles and putting lipstick and lip gloss on. Not only do I think it looks nicer, but it's easier to apply. When I have makeup clients that come in that have lip filler it's it's so much unless they have lip filler that's uneven but if they have nice lip filler it's so much easier to put lipstick on it's just the facts so the lip filler I only do once a year I get one syringe once a year I hate when they're swollen some women love the swollen big giant beasting look usually I'll stay out of the public eye for a few weeks when they're swollen one year I went to Vivo when the swelling hadn't gone down yet and I was so self-conscious the whole time so I just do it because I just like it. I've always had teeny tiny lips. It's nice to have just a little bit of fullness. I don't get them extravagantly. I've gotten the same amount of disport and filler every year for, well, it started at 33. So now it's been six years. I just maintain, I haven't added anything else. I haven't gotten any filler anywhere else. And if I wanted to, there's nothing wrong with that. Nobody can tell I've even had anything done. When my lips are fresh, sometimes people will ask in comments like, Ooh, did you get your lips done? And it's like, yeah, I did whatever. It's not a big deal. So that is the honesty of what I have done to myself. I've also had, you know, laser treatments done to fade my hyperpigmentation and I give myself regular facials and I've had chemical peels and I work out and I do all kinds of other things to maintain my skin and my body. So I don't feel that getting filler or Botox is a less respectful or dignified way to age. We all have autonomy. Autonomy means control over yourself. And you can do whatever you want to yourself. You can get your face tattooed. You can wear booty shorts in January. You can get your face full of Botox. You can get butt implants. You can get 87 piercings in your ears. You can get none of that. You can just age the way that whatever out there intended you to age. But I think the the point of it is that we have autonomy. If you want to look like a cat lady, go for it. Be the cat lady. I see them at my gym all the time. I live in Hollywood. 
If you don't, maybe find a better doctor or a doctor that will tell you no. That's the one thing. Anybody that's thinking about getting filler or Botox, please do your research because there are, you know, there's points of Botox. If it hits your face or your muscle in a certain way, it can, it can paralyze. It can, it can make your eye droop. It can do a lot of bad things. Filler gone wrong. You know, you've seen botched, I'm sure, where the people have gotten like cement injected into their faces or whatever. So I always suggest, it's just a suggestion, but I suggest that people go to a doctor or, uh, you know, a nurse is fine, but I would suggest a doctor over, you know, the med spas where you just get like a certification or whatever. If there is not a doctor at the place you're going for your filler, or if your filler is not being injected by somebody with some sort of medical degree, skip it because you just don't know what you're getting. And there are, when you go to someone good, it's so easy and it's great. If you go to someone bad, there's so many ways you can fuck up your face. And I don't mean just by looks. I mean, like you can do medical harm to yourself look up like their ratings on whatever doctors.com or whatever and and see and make sure they have good bedside manner too the thing that was really important to me when I picked the doctor that I did the very first time I went to him for disport I asked him I said do you ever tell people no like tell your patients no he was like oh all the time and I actually, so my friend I was talking about before, she came with me to get Botox the same time that I got Dysport. Maybe she got Dysport too. She went back like a month or two later and was like, I think it's wearing off. I think I need more. And he was like, no, here's your before picture. Look at your face. He's like, I'm not putting any more in you. You don't need it. You're frozen. Because the thing is, is you don't, sometimes you don't see yourself realistically after you have had cosmetic procedures done. And you don't realize how much is still in there because you get used to your face. It's like when I do tattoo eyebrows on people, after they peel, everyone thinks they look really light because they're used to the darkness of what they looked like before they peeled. It's the same. You get used to the swelling or you get used to the frozen or whatever you get used to. So that's why I love my doctor because he'll tell you, you don't need something. I've asked him about doing certain things and he's like, you don't need it. And I like that. And especially in LA, there's doctors that will not tell you no. And that's when you get the cat lady faces. It's not like they want to look like cat ladies. They just don't see themselves realistically anymore. And they don't have a good doctor telling them no. So my big advice is when you are trying to choose somebody to inject you, make sure that they are a medical professional and make sure that they're going to tell you no if you start to go a little overboard and that they don't just want to take your money. And I think that's the thing, you know, talking about wanting more when you don't need it is that once you do start with cosmetic procedures, whether it's, you know, I'm not going to talk a lot about plastic surgery in this podcast because I myself haven't had any plastic surgery, so I can't really speak on it. I think it's probably something I will talk about in the future. I'll try to get a guest on that has had it. Um, not against plastic surgery at all. I think the thing with plastic surgery that I've always been a little bit uh, averted to is because I've had three heart surgeries that were not elective and that was so scary like general anesthesia is so scary to me that I just it turns me off from getting plastic surgery because I I just know the risks and I feel I feel the risks a little bit harder I think so that's just my choice if in the future I need a tummy tuck well I won't need a tummy tuck because I don't have kids I don't know if I need not need, but if I want liposuction or a facelift or I don't, any of that, who knows? I can't say I will never get it. I'm only 39 now. So who knows when I'm 60, if I don't want something like that. Um, but just for now, I'm not going to talk as much about the plastic surgery. So what I'm talking more about today is what I have experience with, and that's with cosmetic stuff. So lasers, fillers, Botox, that kind of thing. And I think that all goes along with, you know, aging with help versus aging gracefully. 
But back to what I was talking about in how we see ourselves once we start to get those cosmetic treatments, you don't really see yourself realistically. And I can tell you this firsthand. You don't see after like a month or two, you don't see the filler. You don't see the Botox. You feel like it's worn off. You feel like it's gone. And I've noticed this with my lips. I'll get my lips done like just a few days ago. I was like, oh, my lips have worn away already. And it's what, June now? And I had my lips done the last time in January. So I won't get them done until next January. But then I looked at myself in a video and watching myself talk, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see it. It's still there. Or I picked up a mirror and I looked at my face sideways from the side in the mirror and I can see the fullness in my lips. But you get so used to seeing yourself face on that you don't see yourself very realistically. So it can definitely be a mind fuck when you start to get cosmetic procedures and once you get something sort of fixed or feels better, then sometimes it puts a spotlight on something else on your face that you want to change or you feel looks bad. So it can be definitely be a slippery slope. So I definitely say be careful. And I think there's also the mental health aspect of cosmetic treatments. And when I say cosmetic treatments, I am all encompassing the fillers, surgery, anything that you're doing that is medically dangerous to alter your appearance because of aging. But when you're getting into the cosmetic procedures, I think there is the mental health aspect of it because there is such thing as body dysmorphia. And some people just naturally have it, but some people acquire it as they start with cosmetic procedures. So, you know, if you already have any kind of mental health issues, whether it's something as simple as, you know, depression or anxiety or something as huge as like an eating disorder or something like that, that would go hand in hand with aging and cosmetic procedures. I think it's really important to keep yourself in therapy, to keep your, your brain in check and to be able to keep seeing yourself realistically. And I think that's what will, you know, help keep you from going down the cat lady road. You know, I also think so when I say cat lady, just in case nobody knows what I'm talking about, just Google cat lady filler. It, it's what happens when you get too much filler in your face. It creates that puffy pillowy look because you've just overfilled your face. There's a difference in like a nice young plump face and an overfilled face. And it actually makes you look feline-esque. So that's the, the cat lady face I'm talking about. And I think, you know, sometimes those people do have body dysmorphia. They don't see it. But I also think sometimes it's just people with too much time and money on their hands or, you know, their friends are doing it. So they go in that direction. But I definitely do think that there is a part of it that does go hand in hand with mental health. So I do think that if you are feeling the 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 tug, you're feeling aging and you want to go in the cosmetic route, just be really aware of your mental health in relation to that. And whether you're doing it because you want to feel better for you or whether you're doing it because you want to look like her. And I think that's another big difference in cosmetic procedures. And you know what? If you just want to look like her, cool. I put no judgment on what anybody wants to do to themselves because I don't have to live in their body. But as someone that has had cosmetic enhancements, I can say that it's, you know, like I said before, it's a slippery slope and it's very easy to fall into feeling like you need what you don't. So I think there's also this idea of you earned your wrinkles and some people like to wear their wrinkles as a badge of honor or their scars or their gray hairs or you know, whatever it is, the spots on their hands, like, cool. If you feel like you earned those and that's a badge of honor and they tell the story of your life and that aging is a privilege and all of those things, there's also nothing wrong with that. 
there's nothing wrong with going fully natural. And I can tell you too, and I'm, I'm going to do a podcast in the future about breast implant illness. But, you know, there are the negative things that come along with cosmetic procedures that can mess you up and change something that wasn't broken in the first place. I have so many friends that have been getting their breast implants removed. So many. And, you know, once you get it removed, it it leaves you with a different breast than what you started with. And it might not necessarily be that nice, young, beautiful boob that you started with. And same thing, you know, get people that are getting, you know, BBLs or tummy tucks or even Botox or fillers that are going wrong and they're getting infections and they're getting skin diseases or necrosis or, um, you know, any of those things that, you know, are ending up with them having ruined parts of their bodies that there was nothing wrong with to start with. So, you know, there is something to be said with just going natural. And I think there's this new movement. It's like a new gray hair movement, which I think is awesome. I've had a few clients that are in their like mid thirties to late forties, you know, 50s, 60s that are like, you know, I'm gray. I'm just going to be gray. And I think that that's super awesome. I like to color my hair fun colors. So I cover my grays because I like to have color that's different than my hair. I don't know how I feel personally about embracing the gray. I think that might be something I'd have to think about later down the road. But I just want anybody listening to know that, yes, I'm talking a lot about cosmetic procedures, but if you are aging and you feel cool with aging, more power to you. I think there's something even more commendable about just feeling comfortable in that because it's, I think it's harder. That's the harder route. The other thing to remember too, is that genetics are different for everyone. And yes, there's a certain amount of the sun, smoking, drinking, living hard, partying hard, not getting enough sleep, not washing your face. All of those things will contribute to aging. But then, you know, there's also, I always hear, well, my grandma looks amazing and she's 80 and she used Pond's cold cream every night and washed with bar soap. Okay, great. But the same person with bad genetics isn't going to be able to do that and have great skin. They're going to have to work on it more. I don't think that Pond's cold cream and bar soap is a good skincare regimen for every person. And I think it's, that's the, the, exception and not the the rule when it comes to keeping your skin young but those are just women that have great genetics and there are I get clients sometimes that lay in my bed that say they do absolutely nothing to their skin and they have beautiful skin and those are jerks and I want to kind of slap them around a little bit but it's true and we all age differently our genetics are all different so you know some of it has to do with that as well I think my personal final point is you know, it's really easy to put judgment on people that want to modify themselves for whatever reason. And I get this a lot. You know, I made a post that a post about getting disport and I was really honest about it. And I will always want to be honest with people about what I'm doing cosmetically because I feel like it's more damaging not to. But I do sometimes get the, oh, you're injecting poison in your face and oh, why can't you just be natural and have what God gave you and blah, blah, blah. First of all, everything you inject into your body has been approved by the FDA. Where you get dangerous is when you're getting injected by somebody that, you know, has a fake license or doesn't have a license or, you know, is injecting cement into your face or whatever. Every like all the fillers that you're getting are safe as long as you're getting them in safe amounts by someone who knows what they're doing. So that argument is just dumb. There's chemicals all over in our world. If you live in a city and breathe the air, you're breathing more toxins than you're going to inject into your face. If you drink alcohol like what's worse. That being said, 
most humans, especially female humans, especially female humans in westernized cultures, modify our bodies. If you color your hair, if you paint your nails, if you have fake nails, if you do spray tan, if you wear makeup, if you use skincare, that's altering your body. So unless you literally wake up, do your business, go to sleep and do nothing in between to yourself, you're altering your body. So I just think that that argument that we should be all natural is just kind of silly. And also who's to say what's too much or what has crossed the line when it comes to cosmetic things? Because like I was saying before, you only have one skin to live in. So do what you want to your own skin and put less judgment on what other people are doing to theirs. You know, even, you know, the Kardashians that I think are a terrible influence on youth culture or whatever, they're still their own humans and they can still do what they want. So I think we should focus less on what other people are doing and more on how we feel about ourselves and what we're doing and what we can do to make others feel good. So please leave me a review if you enjoy my podcast. We're going to get into some stories. And um, if you want to submit for future stories or submit future stories or questions for a future podcast, be sure to follow me on my socials. I am at the jerk not Jerry. I'm not Jerry at all. I am at the Cherry Dollface or Skin by Cherokee on all socials. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back and we're going to take some stories and some questions. So if anybody wants to sponsor a future podcast, please email me. My sponsorship rates are really affordable. I can do a 30 to 45 second ad for you and pump whatever business you have that you want the world to know about. I have a really strong female listenership. So um, just email me. My email is the only cherry dollface at gmail.com. Also, if you have a confession to submit, you can use my email or my phone number is 818-640-7188. Send me a text. It'll be anonymous if you have something super juicy. But 
we're going to get into stories and questions now. So my first story is from Jen Hill. So she said my 50th birthday photo shoot. So I think that was something she did, you know, to make herself happy. Sunscreen, exercise, a good attitude, self-care when the menopausing is trying to drag you down physically and emotionally. Eat well, but don't forget to treat yourself. Whiskey and chocolate. This goes a little bit in what I was talking about earlier in self-care versus the mentals versus, you know, the health aspect of all of it. I think it's all balance and I love that she said sunscreen first and yes, a good attitude. And yeah, when you're menopausing, I am lucky I have not hit menopause yet, but apparently it is horrible and um, doesn't feel great. So anything you can do to keep your morale up, if whiskey and chocolate does the trick, then keep on trucking. All right. Denise Hansen said, I can guarantee you that women looking young is a huge market for skincare products. The amount of women who use filters to blur the complexion astounds me. No one is poreless as they age. So seeing skin that looks so smooth is actually depressing. So yes, it is absolutely true. If you guys listen to my skincare podcast where I talked about buzzwords that skincare industry uses like organic or clean or natural or all of that, it's all to sell product. Skincare products do not give a shit about their consumers. They follow safety guidelines because they have to because they're regulated. But when it comes to selling stuff, anti-aging is the biggest skincare market. And it's because they know that they're working on the fears of women that don't want to age. Yes, there are skincare products or skincare ingredients that are tried or true in helping the skin appear younger, but there's also so many filters and blur tools and Facetune and all of that that is falsely advertising things. And you'll see it with influencers. And this is where I think there should be more, um, I can't think of the word where you can see through something. (laughs) You guys are probably all saying it out loud at me right now, like you dummy. Um, but there should be more transparency. Thank you. I just, it just came to my own brain. There should be more transparency with influencers on when they're using filters or when they're not using filters, when they're advertising skincare. And I try myself to do it when, you know, when I have like a no makeup selfie or whatever, I make sure that people know that there's no filters or if there are filters, I tell you that as well. But yeah, it can, it can be really depressing when you see people with perfect skin and perfect makeup all the time, but just know so much of that is fake. At Bluet, what a great name. Bluet Imogen Real said, aging is natural and some of it is beautiful. I'm currently growing out my natural hair and embracing my grays. It's more dense in one section at the front and is kind of rocking a pinup vibe with this bold streak. Other parts of aging are less fun. I just got some knee x-rays, which confirmed I have arthritis. I'm not ready to embrace that part. So this goes like, you know, I was talking about earlier about the gray hairs and embracing the grays. I love seeing people embrace the grays. If I had that sweet ass Bonnie Raitt streak in the front, I would probably embrace it as well. But yeah, she, you know, she's talking, she, they, I don't know what, who this person is. Bluette is talking about the good and bad and you're going to get both but you know what there's good and bad when you're young as well because the good is yeah your body and your face is great but your insecurities and your jealousies and all the things in your brain are not so it's it's always a balance Kelly Bowie says, I have pretty good skin. People give me compliments about it all the time. Hyaluronic acid and microdermabrasion has been a game changer for my skin. My favorite thing about turning 40 is the smile wrinkles around my eyes, as seen in my profile pic. I earned those babies and I love the shit out of them. So that's somebody that is totally into earning their wrinkles, but also somebody that's into earning their wrinkles and still uses hyaluronic acid and microdermabrasion for her skin and for her complexion. So I don't think that it has to be all or nothing. I don't think you have to go all natural or all cat lady. There's so many 
nuances and so many ways in between. So I just don't think that we should feel guilty. Like if you're using hyaluronic acid and microdermabrasion, what's the difference in that in doing fillers? There's really no difference. It's all cosmetic. It's all for how we look and how we feel. And there's nothing wrong with any of it. So now I'm going to take some questions. First question is by at DND Maruto. What are you most afraid of when it comes to aging? I think what I'm most afraid of when it comes to aging is dying. That's the part. That's the thing I think of when I think of my own mortality, which I talked about last week is getting closer to the end of it all. So I think for me, as I age, embracing every last second has become so important to me. Like, no, I'm not looking forward to being droopy and saggy and looking like a melted candle and all that, but it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's going to happen to all of us. So that part is whatever. I think the part of life just being done, the finality of that is what scares me. At Rossman, Megan said, what's the best thing a person can do for preserving their skin besides starting young, LOL. Sunscreen, always sunscreen, sunscreen all day. Sun is the number one ager. And I've talked about this so many times before on my podcast. There's nothing that will save your skin more than sunscreen or staying out of the sun. And most of the time people tell me I look young for my age. I attribute it to being a shade chaser. I have hated the sun my whole life. I'm freckly. I don't like being freckly. And there's a lot of skin cancer in my family. And the sun always just scared me. And I had a few really bad sunburns when I was young. And I also get cold sores and cold sores or the sun will make cold sores flare as well. And I've had them since I was little. So my whole life has been chasing shade, standing in the shade, wearing a hat, carrying umbrellas around. When I was a teenager, I was like full on Mohawk bondage belt cruising around downtown with an umbrella, not a parasol, not a cute little rockabilly, no, straight up rain umbrella because I am a shade chaser. And along with that comes sunscreen. And especially if you live in a sunny climate, being in the shade isn't enough. Even if you're in the shade, you're still getting UV rays. And so, yeah, you're not getting a tan and you're not getting burned, but you are still getting the aging rays from the sun. So make sure that you're wearing sunscreen. And yeah, of course you should start doing that young, but there's no bad time to start wearing sunscreen. And also, you know, making sure that you take care of your skin and wear creams and keep it clean and see an esthetician and like all of that stuff, drink enough water, eat a good diet. That's all great too. At Sav underscore Schwartz said, is there a way to avoid neck wrinkles? I actually had a client ask me this the other day that was in my studio for a facial. And the thing is, is especially those of us that are like 40 and younger that are in more of the phone era, cell phone era, we're starting to see more wrinkles on the neck because you're always looking down at your phone and doing anything repetitively is going to cause a deep wrinkle. It's frowning all the time, smiling all the time, looking down all the time. If you right now, as you're listening to this, look down and feel the way your neck wrinkles, like feel the way those lines settle when you look down, do it as you look in the mirror and then look up. And if you're over 30, you probably have those wrinkles set already. There's not a lot that will prevent the the looking down neck wrinkles. Botox won't prevent it. You can't prevent your head from moving down. That's what a Botox would do is prevent movement. So that's not really preventable. What I do is I try to keep my phone eye level instead of looking down at it. If I'm on my phone in my bed, I'll lay down and keep my arms lifted, which your arms are going to fall asleep, but it's also a good way to stay off your phone more. So the phone thing is what's really causing wrinkles in people's necks, but also... 
Anything you do on your face for skincare, you should also be doing on your neck and your hands. That's the skin that's going to age, that's going to give your age away, even when your face looks young. So all the cleansers, all the retinols, all the face creams, all of that should all be put down on your neck and on your hands. And make sure that you're putting your sunscreen all the way down your chest. Like where your shirt line ends is how far you should be going down with your face sunscreen. At Allison Riker said, what are your thoughts on fillers? Are they safe? I actually did talk about this a little bit earlier, but yes, they are safe. As long as you are going to somebody reputable that is using an FDA approved filler, they are safe. If you're going to some sketchy ass backyard in some, like in the shed of someone or in the room of someone's house, you don't know if their needles are clean. I actually just was reading, I don't remember where it was. Maybe it was in Arizona somewhere. It was like this day spa that got busted because they were doing fillers and like cosmetic procedures and they had a fake medical license on the wall and they were using dirty needles and like 30 people had gotten HIV from this place because they were reusing needles and it wasn't even any medical professionals that were doing the injections. I don't remember if it was injection. I don't think they were doing surgery. I think it was just injections. So even if the place you go has a license on the wall, check it, double check it. You can easily find that stuff out by Google. You can see if somebody is board certified, you can see their accreditations. Just make sure that whoever you're going to is doing things the right way and not over injecting. And yes, you are safe. But there are still risks. There's risks associated with anything with retinol on your skin. There's risks of burns. There's risks of sensitivities. There's always risks associated with putting anything in or on your body that isn't naturally produced by you. So just know that, you know, it's as safe as it can be, but will you be safer not doing it? Yes. But also will you be safer not brushing your teeth? Yes, because fluoride and toothpaste can cause problems for some people. So just think about that in the scope of your life. Like, are you safer not eating a cheeseburger? Yes. So, you know, I kind of think of it in those terms. All right, my friends, that concludes my two-part Cherry Turned 39 podcast on aging. Thank you guys, everybody that has listened. And thanks for everybody that has given me happy birthday message and a word of encouragement and their own stories on aging. I just appreciate that we've all feel kind of like our own cool little girl gang where we're all supporting each other. We're all in the same boat. We're all doing this together. And I think that the more honest and open we are about aging, how we feel about aging, about menopause, about, uh, that's another thing. I didn't talk a lot about menopause because I haven't gone through it myself. So that maybe is something else I'll do a future podcast on because a lot of people were talking about that in my submission posts. But anyways, I love that we're all in this together. I hope that everyone is having a great beginning of their summer. So you know what? Don't be an asshole. And until next time, here's me waving like a maniac. Bye everyone.